Hi, this is Pam and this is Must Love Food. Thanks for joining me today. I've got Robin here with me and we are going to talk to you about breakfast breads, uh, most specifically English muffins and bagels. And um, I have been known to dabble in some bread baking um, in development over the years, but Robin um, spearheaded the English muffins, something that she had had on her list of wanting to make those and same thing with bagels. So. We're gonna to talk to you about those lovely breakfast breads today. And um, welcome, Robin. Thank you, Pam. I'm excited because I love both of these breakfast breads. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a fun journey. Uh-huh. The uh, English muffins are uh, in the latest issue, our spring uh, 2021 issue uh, with the ham on the cover. And bagels are actually the cover shot in our um, Jan Feb 2021 issue. So, yeah, as we said, we we're going to start with English muffins. And I, who doesn't love an English muffin? Oh man, I grew up eating them. Uh, of course, mine were just purchased from uh, Thomas's. <laughs> I do. And uh, I remember, I think as, uh, you know, Costco came on the scene, my parents would always buy like the double pack and freeze one of them. And, but so, You'd fork split them, you'd put butter on them, and just perfectly warm toasted with butter. I mean, there's, in my opinion, it's like comfort food, nothing better. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, but you said something important there. Let's just, let's just key up on that one. You said you fork split them. Yeah. Maybe not everybody understands why you should use a fork to split them open instead of, oh, you know, a knife. Uh-huh. That is important because, you know, you want to fork them open so you don't just rip in there with a knife and, you know, you preserve those holes that are in there. I think what it does is I think it sort of gingerly or sort of more organically splits open the, um, because really what there are, there are a lot of air pockets in that center. And so if you're kind of allowing it to open kind of, kind of organically, naturally, authentically, that you're, there's more of a craggy top as opposed to a even top. And right. so you don't have that, those crags that, where you go from highs to lows, so you don't have the same intensity and depth of nooks and crannies that you get if you, um, if you were to knife split them, they would be sort of cut off at the knees. <laughs> right, and more places for the butter to. Uh... Yes, cool. So, so I do like that. So I, it's important to use a knife. Um, who hasn't eaten um, an Eng English muffin and had a little butter run down their chin? <laughs> Raising my hand here. <laughs> I'm with you, Pam. Absolutely. So, and actually, uh, making English muffins, as you had said, has been something that's been on my bucket list for actually quite a while. I wanted to do it, and I thought, oh, that just might be too intimidating, might be too much, and maybe I shouldn't. I'll just put that off because that looks too hard. <laughs> I'll bake bread, and I'll make sweet rolls and all that, but oh, I don't know, English muffins, <laughs> that might be too much. And so when we, um, you said, hey, how about making these for the magazine? And I was like, well, okay, I have to get past my fear. Oh, they're the easiest things <laughs> to make. Yes, yeah, so tell us how to make them and how to make them tasty. How, let's okay. start there. <laughs> and also, the cooking method is a very interesting thing. That we will we'll uh, talk about. Well, I will say that, you know, the, the um, English 
uh, muffin dough is a little bit, um, it's a wetter dough mm -hmm. than what you would use, say, for bread. Um, and you want it to be a more hydrated dough um, that you're working with. So it's, it's maybe a little bit harder to work with than, say, a bread dough, um, but not, not so much that it's a sticky mess. So you don't have to be afraid of it in that respect. Um, it is just a more hydrated dough. And um, one little thing that I did find when I was working with this is I like to add, I, I mix it all in, in a, you know, in the big KitchenAid mixer. Um, and I like to put um, the liquid in the, in the bowl first oh. and then flour to it. And what I found doing that was sometimes when you're mixing, you know, you've got the flour in there and then you add in the dry mixture and you add the liquid to it that sometimes, you know, you end up with some flour stuck in the bottom of the mixer bowl and you have to stop and scrape it up from the bottom. And I didn't have that issue when I had the liquid in first. That is a great tip. Robin. It almost worked so well. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it mixed the same uh, you know, it wasn't any, any different on how the dough turned out. It just was a little easier to get it all incorporated. You didn't have the dry pockets, kind exactly. of. Exactly. So that worked out really well. Uh, then um, once you've got, um, you know, the dough mixed together um, and beat, it, it's going to be a shiny and smooth and you um, take it out and, um, then you are, uh, it's a nice, soft, shiny dough to work with. Okay. Um, and then yeah, you just let it. It definitely looks very pliable and very yeah, smooth. It really is. Um, and then you just let it rise for an hour or two. And um, then you're ready to work with it. Um, and then you just, you know, deflate it. Um, I don't want to say punch it down because sometimes people get confused by that too. <laughs> <laughs> they go to town. It's yeah, and it says it in the bagels too. It says punch it down. Well, you don't really want to punch your dough down. It's not like you want to get rough with it. You're just really wanting to deflate it. Degassing it. Right. <laughs> yes, degassing it. <laughs> Which is a lovely term. Yeah, so that's probably why punch comes into play. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, and you're ready to uh, form it into your equal pieces. Um, but first you want to get your, um, you want to get your uh, sheet pan ready to put them out on. And it says dust with semolina flour. And that's just really real fun. Yeah. It's yeah. like cornmeal, only finer. Mm -hmm. And you can use cornmeal, but I like the semolina because it is finer textured. And because some of it's going to stay on, you sure. know, there when you're finished and you want it that way because who wants to eat a big crunchy thing you know you don't want all that crunchiness i didn't want all the crunchiness on my english muffin at, at the end right so that's why i liked the semolina flour it's easy to find in the grocery store um uh, a lot of people you use it um on a pizza peel if they're making homemade pizza a lot of times that will be what you put on your pizza peel so the dough doesn't stick to it it's the same principle here it's just basically so the dough doesn't stick to your baking sheet and yeah. Anybody who's eaten a Thomas's English muffin <laughs> recognizes there are the little coarse um, grain underneath on the underneath side of your English muffin, and that's what it is. And it was just so it didn't stick. And um, uh, I'm just going to interject, and this is 
I just did a quick Google on origin, and this is from the LA Times from uh, 2018. Uh, even though the English muffin, as we know it specifically, the ones made by Thomas's were introduced stateside by English emigre Samuel Bath Thomas in New York City in 1880. English muffins aren't actually an American invention, as some believe. They've been around in England since long before Thomas popularized them here. Go to any British supermarket like Tesco or Sainsbury's and you'll see them marketed as simply muffins or sometimes breakfast muffins or toasty muffins. I think I'd heard like breakfast muffins. I think that's what I think I'd heard before. Ready? Anyway. Cool. Been around and yeah, if that's correct, we'll, we'll say it is. We'll say it is. If, yeah. if it's in the Google, then it has to be right. Well, LA Times and Google, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I miss the LA Times, so yes. 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 Google, because, you know, the, yeah. The Google, yes. <laughs> the arbiter of all things. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't uh, the Wikipedia, so it was the New York Times. That's got to be right. <laughs> so we prepped our pan and um, gotten our semolina out, or if in a pinch, use some cornmeal and, right. you know, um, or polenta if you have it, and there are different grains of cornmeal or polenta too. So you like a finer one than a coarser one. Because yeah. I just want all that crunch on the end product. But that's again personal, or what you have on hand. Um, and then providing your dough. Did you use a, a a scale, or did you just eyeball it, or? Um, I eyeballed it, but sure. you don't have to. So there's two ways that you can divide it up. Now you can either roll it out, and you can use um, a cutter, a round cutter, and cut cut them out, and then you can just re-roll the extra extra pieces and, and, and cut it again. Um, and that's one way you can do it. Or you can just uh, divide it into 12 equal pieces. And what I do then is I just like to kind of pat it out into a, a rectangle and divide it into force and then divide each force for each piece into three. Did you have a preference uh, style-wise in terms of shaping? I actually preferred to make uh, into the balls, cut it into you know equal pieces, and then form a, a a ball, and then kind of pat it down. I think I would prefer that as well. Um, not having made these, but that's what my I would try that first. A, you don't have to roll something out. You don't have to cut. Then you have to re-roll and all of that. And maybe they are more uniform that way. I mean, you could also. If anybody, a lot of times I think people, we haven't given you the measurements or the, the ounce measurements on what an even split is, but if you ever are trying to split dough evenly, um, you just um, take a kitchen scale, you need a kitchen scale for this, put a bowl or whatever on top um, and uh, zero it out then, add your dough to it. And what I would normally do is I would go to grams at this point as opposed to um, ounces. Um, and pounds just because it's easier to get specific then. And so whatever your total is, if you're, um, let's say it's 1200, it's gonna be easier if we just say that your total is 1200 and you're dividing it into 12 pieces, then divide that number by 12 and you want to then make all of your pieces 100 grams. So that's the easy way to do that. So yeah. if you are so inclined or as Robin was saying, you are eyeballing it. And I guess they look like about the size of, um, well, about a good three inches around. Okay. Okay. Three and a half is, sure. is probably about where they ended up being. Um, and then you just put them on that prepared baking sheet and you let them sit for, a few, uh, you know, I think probably about 30 minutes or so without looking at the recipe. 
just to let him rest, not really letting him rise. You're right. really letting rest and relax. Right. Um, so you're not looking for them to double or anything like that. Um, and then you're ready to um, cook them. Okay, or, let's talk about cooking them. <laughs> we will, because this method is called dry fry. So that's kind of fun because um, you, something that I hadn't really done before. So it was kind of interesting. Um, just what you're saying, what it sounds like. Um, you can use um, a cast iron skillet or, or a skillet or um, electric fry pan. Um, you want it to be seasoned. So you don't use oil. Mm -hmm. And that's why um, a good seasoned um, elect or iron uh, skillet w works nice or you can do a double one or a griddle or something some or, flat got to be a flat you want it to be flat um, and you want it to be seasoned um, and by seasoned I mean so it's non-stick which right. is a good naturally, season naturally seasoned right right because you're not using oil so mm -hmm. put a little bit of the uh, of your semolina flour down um, just so it's not going to stick you're going to have some when it picks up from the uh sheet pan you'll have some on the bottom of it anyway and you just put them down there you don't want to crowd them too much you put them down on that hot uh dry skillet and you let them go and you're going to let them um be golden on one side before you flip them over um but they are you're going to be kind of careful when you flip them because they're squishy they're still kind of squishy because they're not of course um cooked all the way through but you kind of a wet dough so it's a little more squishy right so that's the only word i can think of is they're a little bit squishy um so when you're flipping them just you know take a little bit of caution not it's not a big deal but just be aware that it's not set all the way through and then you continue to do the dry fry and brown it on the other side now it could be that it's not going to be done all the way through the center, but your outsides are going to be brown and you don't want to get them burnt. You don't want to keep going and get them too, too dark. And I did notice you are over like a low heat. Right. Right. Well, and cast iron really holds heat pretty well. So even, you'll start on low. I mean, it's low, but it's, um, it gets a little warmer as it goes on because it is retaining that heat a little bit. But so, yeah, if you go any more, you probably are scorching that you would scorch the bottoms and probably burn up all that semolina. Yeah. It can be kind of um, unpleasant if you, yeah. you, so you don't want that to happen. So if you are finding that they're getting too dark and, um, and not finishing on the inside, uh, a really easy thing to do is just pop them in the oven, um, maybe eight or 10 minutes. And, what you're looking for here is for the inside to be done and you'll know the inside is is baked all the way through when it reaches 200 degrees so i just yep. pop instant read thermometer in there and it's like great 200 i'm good to go and then you know they're they're baked all the way through that's a kind of a rule of thumb with a lot of bread baking which some people don't temp their bread and depending on what exact bread you're making there is a range in temperatures a little bit but it's around the 200 mark it could be a little under it could be a little over um but um if you aren't aware of of temping bread products that is one of the key indicators because it's hard it's you know it's a bowl bowl potentially and it's you're like is the center done i don't know um, 
can knock the bottom of it and see if it sounds hollow and all, but temping is, is your surefire way of making sure that you've got cooked dough and you, when you split open your, um, fork split open your, <laughs> your um, English muffin, it will be cooked inside. Right. You don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> I don't want to go through all of that. Even though, as you said, there it's an easier process than you ever imagined. Right. It really it is quite simple. So, and the results are delicious. They okay. really are. Sorry. So now you have these great English muffins. And I know we've got some, like, fun topper ideas. Um, like, you know, turn it into a pizza or Elvis's fave. We have um, sweet and creamy where you can add um, uh, cream cheese and your favorite jam or jelly or marmalade. My mom used to make cream cheese and jelly sandwiches when I was a kid, and it was one of really? my favorites in the whole world. Oh, my gosh. Yes, love them. Ooh, and, I <laughs> it's so good. It's really good. <laughs> Don't be telling me that. <laughs> um and then uh, another one, like an Italian delight with ricotta cheese and strawberries and a little drizzle of honey or basil. But those are just sort of, you know, if you want to go beyond the butter, which I probably would stop after butter, but <laughs> that's just me. Yes, but then it's probably jelly if you want. But, but <laughs> who created not only the, the English muffin, the ultimate breakfast sandwich. And you got to, you got to talk about that just a little bit, Robin. It did turn out pretty tasty. I was pretty happy with it. <laughs> Actually, yes. Um, okay. This is um, layered up here. We've got bacon and we've got a chicken sausage that we made just a real quick chicken sausage. And it's got an egg on there and it's got, um, you know, some baby kale and then it's got a sauce and I really like the sauce too. And I hope that people do as well. It is, um, it's kind of, it's, well, it's my favorite sauce at um, Chick-fil-A. So uh -huh. it's, it's kind of a riff on Chick-fil-A sauce, but whenever I go to Chick-fil-A, I always have to mix their sauce and ranch. So, <laughs> okay. So that's kind of what I have recreated. <laughs> Well, and I know that you said it was just a quick chicken sausage, but the I just want to tell people you're using ground chicken. You're grating up, grating, grating up a little bit of apple, um, using a little onion, adding a little brown sugar, some sage, salt, black pepper, and pepper flakes, and uh -huh. you're cooking those in olive oil. So they're, um, I mean, yes, it's a, it's, uh, it is what you expect with sausage, but it's it's homemade and it's but it's yeah. it's fairly easy and doable. And then the sauce is, as you said, it's um, your riff on a mashup. Um, so you've got mayo, ranch dressing, barbecue sauce, yellow mustard, honey, and lemon juice. And yum-o. <laughs> um, we liked it. <laughs> it was kind of a hit in the kitchen, in the test kitchen. So, um, yeah. And then you put that egg on there and you can make that egg, you know, to whatever doneness you like. Um, mm -hmm. We served it so over easy, or no, sunny side up, actually, and uh, let that yolk also join in as sauce. And, um, and uh, yeah, it, it made a pretty delicious breakfast sandwich. So we hope that people enjoy that as much as we did. The ultimate and breakfast sandwich. There you go. <laughs> ultimate breakfast sandwich. 
And then, you know, just for fun, put bacon on there because, you know, bacon is always the answer. Uh huh. So, <laughs> well, and I also love, I mean, it's not a, you know, it, it just, requires maybe a little mention here that um, the sandwich was, um, or the, the bacon, you know, you've got, you're making sauce, you're making your um, chicken sausage and you're frying up an egg and toasting some bagels and da 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 da. You just ended up um, pan or baking your bacon because it's easy and um, just as good. And so you uh, give instructions on baking bacon which right. I think uh, not everybody does. And then it's, it saves the splatter on your, your um, cooktop. <laughs> right. And hey, we did put some baby kale on there because, you know, a little bite of, of green and fresh and, you know, baby kale is just, a, you know, a little bit of a bite to it. Not much, but, um, you know, just to cut through. Um, is there anything else we want to kind of, I think we've kind of covered it. Um, so on... Uh, Pages 42 to 45 of the uh, spring issue that is uh, should be in your mailboxes or on your uh, coffee table at this point. <laughs> we hope so, and I hope people yeah. I hope people give them a try. Um, they really are um, quite easy to put together, and so I hope people enjoy them. And I hope they they like them as much as that we did. And well, you know, I think people get intimidated by bread. If you've been baking other types of bread, throw this into the repertoire. And if you haven't been baking bread, maybe this is a good one to start with. She said you it had been on your bucket list. And uh, we we do the heavy lifting so that you don't have to. So Robin has taken the guesswork out by um, doing the trial and error. And um, we appreciate that. We are the lucky recipients of that in the kitchen. <laughs> so, But as we said at the beginning, let's not just talk English muffins in our prior issue, our um, Jan Feb issue, we did an article on bagels and um, starting on page 36 and it's uh, titled Boiled and Baked and it's Homemade Bagels and um, they too are, there's, they're probably maybe a little bit more work than the um, um, English muffins, but they're again i mean we break it down very doable we have had a couple of people write in that they had um some issue i'm just going to start this off uh when they um put the bagels in for because if people don't understand okay boiled and baked the reason it's boiled and baked is that's how bagels are made it's to get the the crust that you want um and the chew that you want you boil it first and then you bake it and you boil it for just a short period of time. But a couple people have had the bagels, I don't want to say fall apart, but not stay together, I guess, um, when they put it in the water. And we've deemed that we think it's probably um, uh, overproofing. Um, and they do, it is an overnight proof. I do know that. It, no, it is. It's an overnight cold proof. So again, this is done in the big mixer, um, ideally, since you're starting with seven cups of bread flour. <laughs> And it's a yeast dough, and right. so you're combining everything basically and mixing it in the mixer. And um, do you want to tell us anything about what you kind of learned um, in making these? Uh, because I know the mixer, it struggles a little bit, does it not? It can, but let's be sure and point out that it is bread flour because it's yeah. a strong, so we want to make sure that people are, are aware of that one. Um, and yeah, it, so it can be too much for your mixer. If it starts going thump, 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 
um, as it's as it's kneading in the mixer and it sounds like your mixer struggling, just turn it off and go ahead and finish kneading it by hand. I would think that that could be another contributing factor too, if, if it wasn't maybe kneaded properly or enough that that could be impacting um, some of the um, issues when the bagels have been put into the um, into the water. Um, but so you are kneading it until it's um, stiff and not at all tacky. That's basically what you're looking for. Right, right. You want it to be, you know, smooth and elastic, like, like right. bread. Right. Okay, then we're going to punch that dough down again. We're going to let it rise and we're going to punch it down again. I'm just jumping ahead here, giving you the Fine. Yeah, you <laughs> the base. Kind of standard, you put it in a bowl, you coat it on both sides with a little bit of oil in the bowl, then let it cover it and let it rest for a couple hours until it's doubled in size. And then um, you move on to the next part. Right. Line two baking sheets with parchment, coat with nonstick spray, and then you're punching down, dividing it into the tw 12 pieces, about four ounces. So right. whether you weigh it or eyeball it. Right. And there are two different ways that you can shape the bagels. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you can take the dough that you've already divided and you can make a ball out of it and then kind of punch a hole in the middle and work it out, work your circle out. So you have a circle of dough uh, with yeah. the hole metal. So that's yeah. one. Or you can take that, that ball of dough and roll it on the counter. And if you can see me, I'm doing the hand motions here. And I know <laughs> as I'm saying, roll it on the counter. Roll it on a log or a, or a rope or something. It's about 11 inches long. You take that rope of dough and form it into a circle and overlap and it. Wrap it around your hand, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then and seal it together and mm -hmm. roll it over the seal, right? To kind right. of yeah, kind of to seal those edges together. Right. So, kind of personal preference. I liked making the the ball and putting the hole in the middle and forming it out from the ball with the hole in the middle. For me, that was easier than trying to get it um, to seal with the rope. So did I, and I. I also question if the rope method was done. I wonder if people had issues. I. I don't know. I just. I think the the round the poke in the hole is just simple. I'm, it, I'm all of keep it simple. I had them. I for me they ended up looking nicer. Yeah, the rope. But that was just me. I'm not saying that. That I mean, I was just saying that was just me. <laughs> they sure. just look better that way. Okay, and so now we've got them um, formed, and uh, so that's always nice. And um, at this point, we're going to put them into the refrigerator, and we're going to let them set overnight. So here's where we've got that oh, that long overnight proof. And the, that is the overnight. I'm guessing, and this is somebody had a question why why an overnight. Um, it's um, um, I'm developing. I'm assuming developing flavors. Um, the cold proof. A cold proof. And a longer proof is developing flavor um, in any kind of dough that you are making. So, right. and it also it sort of breaks things up for you too, so that you don't have to um, do all of this in one day. Right. And here's the kind of a fun part. Then when you bring it out, um, you want to know if you're ready to go. And so you you dip them, and you take one and you dip it in a add it to a bowl of cold water, and if it floats, then they're ready to boil. Um, if it sinks, then you need to 
if it sinks down, if that bagel sinks down in the bowl of water, the bagels need to sit out at room temperature for about 15 to 20 minutes and then try it again. And if it floats, then you're ready. If not, let it sit out longer. Repeating that process until it floats, right? Right, right. In the meantime, heat up that oven and it's quite hot. It's 500 degrees. So that's that's a little bit different too because we sure. don't make things at 500 degrees. Right. Um, but we want to get this nice crispy exterior. Yep. And then we're going to bring um, a big pot of water to boil. With baking soda. Right, right. Now, you may have heard in the past that you use um, like lye. They use, have used lye in there or is it? Barley uh, malt. Yeah, barley malt. Um, extract, barley malt extract, excuse me. There you go. But um, now people usually just use the baking soda. It's often instead of the lye. It's, right. It's, you know, obviously it's easier. You have it in your cabinet. Yeah. And, you know, to, you know, usually go online to find the lie. So really what that was about is that it helps brown the crust. It, um, it helps give them certain flavor, which I don't believe that the baking soda is doing that part, but it's, and it's affecting the alkalinity. So, um, so anyway, that's what those, why you're adding that stuff to it. There you go. And it's important and you don't want to not do that. Right. So don't don't skip that part. Okay, and so then we're gonna boil those. Boil the bagels, mm -hmm. about 45 seconds to a minute on each side. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're gonna transfer them over to the baking sheets lined with parchment. And uh, that's what we did. Now, I will tell you, I was watching an episode of Baking with Julia the other night, and I cannot remember the, the uh, woman's name who was, they were baking bagels. And she said, she said, always felt like it was a missed opportunity. The bottom of the bagel was a missed opportunity. So she sprinkled the bottom of the um, uh, peel. She put them on a peel and oh. sprinkled the peel with all kinds of toppings. And so they rested on that and picked up. So the bottom always had something flavoring on it. I thought that was kind of interesting. So now you've got your... Um... You're dipping. We've already uh, boiled them and they're sitting on the parchment. And now what we're gonna do is we're gonna dip the uh, the tops of the bagel into whatever toppings that we want. Um, so we've got a plethora of them. We've got an everything spice, you know, with everything. We've got sesame seeds, um, we've got onion, um, sugar and cinnamon, which we do a little bit different and also Asiago cheese. So the Asiago cheese, we sprinkled on and the sugar and cinnamon is um, a mixture that kind of ends up um, like a like a paste, if you will. And we just kind of patted that on the tops. Ostensibly, if it's more of like a like your like the seeds and the everything spice, not you dip the bagel. But what for the Asiago to get that to adhere, you're kind of just sprinkling that on top. Mm -hmm. And right. and then I. And then the cinnamon sugar one, as you said, it's more of a paste and you're just kind of like patting that on top. Right, right. So it can bake uh, down onto the bagel. Oh, they were delicious. I want these again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> darn it. <laughs> I'm going to have to make these. And okay. then uh, you basically are baking them, right? Except the only one you change up is the Asiago one, right? Right. We're ready to go. 
Um, so you're ready to bake them. And then the only thing different, like you said, are the Asiago, which are baked, but then at the end, you want to give them a quick little broil to, uh, brown up the cheese a little bit. Got it. And so you're only baking them until the, um, sound hollow. Again, we're talking about, um, uh, dough when it, um, they sound hollow on the bottom about 11 minutes. And we did not give a temp on this. I would say if somebody is wanting to temp, I think you would be safe to take it to 200. And if right. you wanted to take temp it, you, you could do that, but. Right. But the, you know, the, with the hole in the middle, they're a little bit trickier because there's not as yeah. much to temp. And so that's why something oh. is pretty easy, but I mean, you can yeah. temp obviously. You just have to take like the round part and take the fattest section <laughs> and go to the center of the fattest part right. of your, your donut. Right. And you, that's where you would temp. <laughs> yes. You just want to be cautious that you're not going all the way through. Right. Close to the edge to get a, yeah. a, a false reading. But uh, yeah, there you go. And there you are. You are done. You have got yourself a delicious, uh, tray full of, of bagels ready to enjoy. Uh, perfect for uh, kind of a spring brunch or whatever. Um, I, um, I've i done uh, bagels for uh, Easter myself and uh, done with uh, locks and like the whole the whole schmear. <laughs> delicious. Delicious yeah. waiting for you. Uh, and then we give some topping ideas, not just, sorry, we give topping ideas, but then we also give um, uh, like sort of serve with pairing ideas. And so um, like on an everything bagel, I, my, it's a personal favorite of mine. I would um, do everything bagel with some smoked salmon, cream cheese. I would probably potentially add a little bit of red onion, tomato, and capers on. I mean, that's really traditional. Um, and um, on, with the Asiago, um, a slice of ham or prosciutto, and maybe an egg, um, and um, a sprinkling of maybe like rosemary, uh brings that one to a whole other dimension. Onion, um, we're suggesting a fairly neutral like veggie cream cheese or um, with uh, maybe something fresh like cucumber, avocado, or tomato slices. And for the cinnamon sugar, personally, I go for butter um, or um, just, uh, you know, a smear of cream cheese um, if Thank you're a person. Yes, exactly. And um, whether you toast or not, that's really a personal preference. Um, Again, you can't go wrong either way. Right. It's whatever you prefer. Or maybe yeah. you like toast part one side and not the other. Exactly. I kind of like, I, I like most things more lightly toasted. I'm not a heavy toast when I toast something. I don't want it over toasted. I would say too, if for me personally, if these were kind of hot out of the oven, I probably would not toast them. No, uh, I, would. <laughs> I don't think I could wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, then the next one maybe would be. <laughs> oh, but, um, you know, there's, there's a few more steps here, but nothing, but it's all simple. It really is. And it's all laid out uh, step by step on how to, uh, how to make the bagels. So I think that they're easily, easily attainable. I, I think um, these breakfast breads are phenomenal and I um, applaud you for your efforts and your success. And I know that our readers are uh, loving this. I mean, we have already gotten comments on um, the bagels and they are 
um, have been very well received. And if you are, as we said before, if you're intimidated in bread baking, uh, this, this one of one of these or both of these are ones to consider to start with. And um, and the nice thing is uh, they're individual size, so you can make them and also freeze individual ones. So you have uh, once they've cooled and all that kind of stuff then um, you just pop them out when you want. I would toast it then. And um, uh, yeah, it, you know, that's one of the, I think a real beauty about these cause they are, um, so um, if you're only cooking for a couple people and you don't think you can eat a dozen bagels in one sitting uh, <laughs> and you're not having a big soiree or anything. So yeah, easy, um, easily frozen and uh uh, well, thank you, Robin, for joining me and for sharing your learnings in the test kitchen. Um, it's and, been fun. Yeah, and I hope that we've um, encouraged some of you uh, to get your bake on and, <laughs> or your bake, your boil and bake on, whatever it may be, or your um, dry, dry frying. <laughs> <laughs> right. Some new things. Uh, and... Um, yeah, uh, so uh, if you're looking for more recipes, um, you can subscribe to Cuisine at Home at cuisineathome.com and um, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and um, all the social media channels and uh, go to our website cuisineathome.com for more recipes and um, come back next time when we'll have more uh, must love food and um, uh, we look forward to you joining us then. Thanks so much, Robin. Thank you. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom Cuisine at Home branded kitchen tools, such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com. <laughs>